Alrighty, so we don't have a lot of people in the room. I know we must have thousands online, so uh, <clears throat> the attendance will be 2,000 and about 20. <clears throat> so I just want to say, when I, talk, when I give this message, first of all, I just want to mention, I thought I was going to see a miracle today. Because when I drove up, Jimmy said, Mark, your younger brother is here. That's, that's probably an inside joke for most people, especially people online, but I, I'm the youngest child, so I was, wasn't sure that, how that was going to happen, but I was excited to see what God was going to do. Wait, he is your brother. Yes, he has my brother. My brother is here. I'll tell you why my brother's here today. It's because I've actually given a similar message before at his church, and I think that God didn't think that he listened then, so he is back. he is back for a second time to hear it again and hopefully to get it right this time. Okay. But I want to I want to say a little something before I get started with this message. Because like I said, I I did give this at my brother's church uh, several months ago. It's a similar I I I made a few tweaks um because well God just led me to do so. But after I got done preaching and and it was all done and where you know you get done and you talk to folks, there was a a member of that church that was quite frankly offended. Uh, did not agree with what was said in the message. Um, because the way he took this message, and the reason why I want to say this is, isn't like because of him, it's because if you get this, what he got out of this message, you have not listened to the message. <laughs> His complaint was mostly that he doesn't give every single Sunday. And I will tell you, this message is not about giving every single Sunday. This message is about generosity. This message is not about a law that you are to give back to God. Because I will tell you, if you're giving back to God based on a law, which, which I wouldn't be against, depending on how you read the Bible, that may or may not be accurate. It's how you read it. But if you are giving based on a law, you are not being generous, okay? You need to understand that. If I believe, because of what I have read in the Bible, that I must, it is by law that I give 10% to God, then I am not being generous giving 10% to God. I am simply obligated, and I am meeting the obligation to give to God. This is not about laws. This whole message today is not about laws. It is about generosity. Generosity is giving above and beyond what I feel I am supposed to give. This is open and freely giving because of, and that's the point of this message, you should hear God more in this message than you, <laughs> okay? If you, if you hear you a lot in this message, then you need to go to God and have a conversation because this message is more about God than it is about you. That's why I call it give, receive, give because we are not the source of the good things in this world. Okay, you need to understand that. If I give freely to somebody, I'm not the source of that, whatever it is. God was the source of that. And when I give, God should be the one that gets the credit. That's why I give this picture. I could have Brad jump up right now and he can tell you all about what's in this picture, but I'm, I'm going to be very, uh, not, I'm going to be very general. You see three bodies of water. We're going to talk about the two smaller ones. Unless you call a river a body of the water, I'm not sure how that fits, but then you would have four. So, 
The big one's the Mediterranean Sea that we're not, we're not gonna get to talk about. We're talking about the two smaller ones. And we're also talking mostly really about today about the river. We're not talking about the bodies of water, we're talking about the river. This is how this works. You have the two bodies of water and before the, the little one is a river and between the two is a river and it's the same river. Okay, you need to follow along because if you don't understand the concept, you're not gonna understand what I'm talking about in this message. The Jordan River feeds the Sea of Galilee. That's the little one. The Jordan River also, after it goes through the Sea of Galilee, feeds the Dead Sea. That's how it works. Okay, the source for both of those bodies of water is the Jordan River. However, the Jordan River and the bottom one was flowed through the Sea of Galilee. So what difference does this make? Well, because there's, these are, there's two very different realities in these two bodies of water. The one that receives and then gives back is teeming with life. You see, you see a lot of it in the Bible times. And Jesus was around the Sea of Galilee a lot. You see a lot of fishing in the Sea of Galilee. A lot of things live in the Sea of Galilee. Because the Sea of Gal Galilee receives, takes what it receives and gives. And then it flows down to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a very different reality. The Dead Sea receives, but gives nothing. The only way water gets out of the Dead Sea is it evaporates. That's how water comes out of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is not teeming with life. The Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea for a reason because nothing can live in it. And that is how people are. If you receive and then give freely by from what you've received to others, then life will be teeming around you and life will be teeming within you. If you just take and give nothing, you will be no benefit to the kingdom of God. But understand, the source is the same. In this analogy, God is the Jordan River. God gives, some people take from God, and then they give back to others. Some people take from God and give nothing. This is, again, this isn't about you. You could sit there for a moment and, you know, like figure out what seat am I. You could figure out what... Which kind of lake am I? And if you are the Dead Sea, then I, suspect, I, then I pray that you go to God and you say, forgive me, <laughs> change my life. I told, you, I told you last week that my favorite movie was, you know, Christmas Carol, because he changed. He didn't say, I, I don't want to give, well, now I have to give. That wasn't how he changed. He completely changed and realized that what he had was meant to be given and to be shared. He changed. The problem that we have is we get really close now to the new year and you have new year's resolution is we just try to, we try to fix something. We don't try to change. If you want to do new year's resolution, you need to change because whatever is going wrong in your life, it's because of some, something that you are that you need to quit being. <laughs> That's what that is. This whole story, this whole message is about the Jordan River. It's about the source, and it's about how we need to be the Sea of Galilee that when we receive, we give. Because I can tell you, all of life is about give and take. That's what life is. 
But again, I want to talk about the source because that's what this is mainly about. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It's not from me. If I give you something, it's not from me. It came from God. I just chose to share it with you. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation in shifting shadows. You know exactly why he gave it because he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is about God's generosity. This is more about our response to God's generosity than us being generous. We went all the way through the Christmas season talking a lot about what God has given us through his son. I pray that that sticks with us, but it doesn't stick in us. It actually overflows from us. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply an increase of your store of seed that will enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Give, God gives. We receive, we give back. People, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, should thank God for that because it came from him. I went through and I did a study as I was preparing for this message about what are some of the things that God gives us. Because part of the problem when we talk in the church about generosity and giving, we always think about money. Money always is the first thing that pops into our heads. In fact, it's hard a lot of times for preachers to preach on generosity because it sounds self-serving. Well, the reason why you're telling me about generosity is so now, now you convince me I need to be generous and then I'll put more money in the box at the end of the week and then, then you'll just have more. You're preaching generosity so you'll get more. Yeah, we talk a lot about giving and the concept of money, especially in the church, just because that's just the easiest way to get things in. I'll tell you, one of the, one of the most precious, you know, we're doing this own the vision thing. If anybody's watching on TV that doesn't know our own the vision, we don't own this building yet, but we're through the grace of God getting there. And just shortly after we started this thing, I don't know, probably three or four months into this thing, um, one of the people in, in our church was talking to a friend of theirs and talking about us with this program that we have that, to pay off the church. And the person said, you know, that is that's incredible. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, this person they talked to didn't have any money and they felt kind of bad, but they said, what I do have, because I don't need it anymore, it was a gold ring. And they handed a gold ring. I still actually, I still have that gold ring, and my plan is actually to, the last part of selling, the, of paying off this church is going to be the money from that gold ring. Just because it doesn't have to be about money. It just has to be whatever you have. God, God, God can do amazing things. So it's not just about money. There's a lot of things, not necessarily everything. I've pulled out a lot of things just so you have an idea of the things that God gives us. He gives us light on the earth. He gives us strength. He gives us food, water. He gives us clothing. He gives us what is good. He gives us rest, relief, peace. He gives us blessings. He gave us the law. Praise God, he gave us grace. He gives gives us counsel, discretion, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, He gives us riches, birth, help, future, hope, joy, truth. He gave us his life. 
So if your whole concept of everything that is important is money, you need to go back to the verse that says either choose God or choose money because money's not really what it's about. God gives us incredible things. He is an incredible, giving, generous God. That's just who he is. That's from him to us. The, the, other, the other things that I looked on giving was things that we give back to God and things that we give other people. This is what God asks us. He says, give ear, give attention. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Because your ways, quite frankly, are stupid. God's ways are mighty and incredible. So God is not very, it's pretty clear why God would want you to listen to his ways because he knows much better for you than you do. So pay attention, give ear. Give heed. Know that what God does and what God says and who God is is important. Pay attention. Give thanks. I talked about this in the message about giving thanks. That's the number one thing that he asked for. You read through the scriptures and count all the times it says what we give God, the number one thing is thanks. Be, have gratitude for what God has done in your life. I will tell you if you're not a very generous person, it's probably because you lack gratitude. If you truly, in your heart, overflow with gratitude, you will also overflow with generosity. First fruits. First fruits are an amazing thing that we've kind of got away from in our society and our culture today. What we think about is I will give whatever is left. <laughs> That's how a lot of people end up giving. Oh yeah, as soon as I do pay this and pay that and give that away and do that and do that, if whatever's left, I'll, I'll give it to God. That's not first fruit. First fruits was a concept that he had with his chosen people. It was, if you have 10 sheep, you don't get nine and then tithe with the tenth. <laughs> That's not first fruit. First fruits is you give the first one. Or if you look at it a different way, because the first one, there might be de defects with the first one, you give the best one. A lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll give their microwave to the church because theirs is all beaten up and ruined, so they give that one to the church and go buy a new one. That's not first fruits. <laughs> First fruits is you give God the best and then you take the rest. First fruits is pretty amazing. If you actually get to that level, first fruits. Glory, we are to give God the glory that he deserves. We are to give God all glory. And along kind of in that same realm, we give him praise and we give him honor. This is what he asks us to give others. This is where you think of generosity from us, whatever it takes to meet the needs of people. Part of what it takes to meet the needs of people is getting to know people well enough to know what their needs are <laughs> so you can help meet them. To give preference, that's not like, I prefer you over you. <laughs> that is, I prefer you over me. That is putting other people's needs is more important than your own. That's preference. And as God gives us grace, we are to give grace. God forgives, we should be forgiving. Testimony, he asks us to give the testimony of his wonders in our lives to others. And he asks us to give others blessings. That's what we're supposed to be generous with. So, okay, don't, so, like I said, don't limit this to money. 
there are so many things that are so much more valuable than money. I will tell you, you forgive somebody for something that they think that you ought to hate them for, that will mean a lot more than if you gave them $10,000. There are things in this life, many things, more valuable than money. In your giving, in your generosity, you should always point people to the true source. Never let them think that's just from you and you get the pat on the back. And we'll talk about that a little bit too. Point your generosity to the one who is truly generous. Let your light so shine before men in a way that they may see your good works. They see what you're doing, but they glorify your Father in heaven because of what you're doing. True generosity points people to God. For his glory and not your glory. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven because that's not generosity. I like how this says it. Do not sound a trumpet before you. Mark's putting $25 in the box in the back. You know what the Bible says? You know, that, that is the glory you get. You get the little applause. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Mark, you're awesome. Good job. That's it. You, give, you, you, you just say nothing. When you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your giving will be in secret. Why is that important? Why do you want that to happen? Because if I just tell you everybody, this is what Mark gave, and you give me a little clap, that's all I get. If I let God do it, then he who sees what has been done in secret will reward you. And I can tell you God's reward is so much more valuable than any reward you're going to get here. I like other translations that says, he will reward you openly. (laughs) Like buckets and buckets of blessing for what you've done. If you're doing it for, if you are giving for your glory, again, I can't say this enough, it's not generosity, (laughs) okay? That is, I want to get paid for what I do. I I just threw this in. It doesn't really even fit, but I want to throw it in just so I want you to understand the concept here because I don't think most people believe this. So just just take this as a little tidbit of truth. You must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. The problem with that, people love to do math when it comes to giving. So they say, you know, I have $1,000. If I give $200 to the church, that gives me $800. But if I give nothing, that gives me $1,000. <laughs> Math doesn't work in the Bible, <laughs> okay? They say follow the science, and a lot of people, when it comes to their finances, want to follow the math. But in reality, we'll talk about the math of giving to God in a second. Really, it's the reward you get from giving is so much greater than the reward you get from receiving. I don't know how many of you had grandkids with you Christmas morning. We get our grandkids with us tomorrow morning for Christmas number two. 
But I can tell you, I will have more joy watching those grandkids open presents than any of my presents that I opened yesterday. Just because seeing the joy in other people for what they've been giving is, is a wonderful reward all in itself. It's fun to give. If you don't know that yet, you need to start giving a lot and really start learning it. The number one thing about Christians, because really this is more about Christians coming up next, not necessarily the whole world, because Christians should be, they know what Jesus has done for them. We should get good at it. Since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in love that, that we have kindled within you, see to it that you also excel in the grace of giving. We should be like the best. We should be like the champions of giving. I always talk about this because, you know, people that, that work in restaurants don't like to work Sunday afternoon because that's when the church Christians come and they're not very generous. That is the saddest thing in the world to me. <laughs> By the way, back to what's generous and what's not generous, paying for your food is not generous. And if you feel that you're supposed to give 15% tip, that 15% isn't even generous. Generosity comes above and beyond what you're supposed to do. So if you want to be generous, then they should say, they should say and I don't know why they don't, and I don't know where you guys are with this. Help me out here, church. They should say, I love working Sunday afternoon. Because that's when the Christians come and they're the most generous people I know. So help me out in that, okay? And now, brothers and sisters, what we want, we want you to know the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. I need to kind of fill this in so if you don't understand this story, because this story is incredible. The story is actually fun if you really get into it. So what they're doing is they're trying to gather money for the Christians that are in Jerusalem because they are being beaten down to the point that they are poor and cannot feed themselves. That's what's happening. Because if you, we, we hear in the Bible that the Christians scattered. The reason why they scattered because it was really tough to stay where you were. But some stayed. There was a remnant that stayed, and, and they made life miserable for those folk. But they stayed, and they remained dedicated to God. But they stayed in very difficult situations. So Paul and a number of went across the whole region to try to get money to send back to Jerusalem to help. That's what was happening. So there's two specific churches they're talking about in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. There's the Macedonian church and there's the church in Corinth. And you, you got you got to think, you got to kind of get this idea because you need to understand Corinth was incredibly rich. Corinth was like the United States. You know, we're 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 like we like have money that we're trying to figure out what to do with kind of stuff. That's Corinth. Macedonia's got nothing. Think of your poorest third world country. Think of the United States and your poorest third world country. That's, that's the difference we're talking about with Corinth and Macedonia. 
So this is what, you get the sense, you don't know what all conversations happen from this, you gotta read eight and nine and you'll start getting this sense that what Paul was pretty much telling everybody is yeah, we're gonna go through Macedonia, but don't expect anything from the Macedonians. Not, not because they're not good Christians, they just simply don't have anything. So we're gonna go through there, but it's really Corinth is where we're gonna get the lion's share of, of, of our donations. You, again, that's not in the Bible. That's just, when you read eight and nine, you get the conversation that that's, that is what Paul's set up. We're gonna go to Macedonia and we're not gonna get hardly anything because they don't have anything to give. We're gonna go to Corinth and they're, they're gonna load us with, with donations and then we're gonna go to Jerusalem and we're gonna have all this stuff. And they go to Macedonia first. And again, that's the context of what we're talking about. In the midst of a very severe trial, it was actually almost worse in Macedonia than it was in Jerusalem, <laughs> okay? And you understand that. So the people, so they didn't really even want to take any money from them because they had nothing to give. In the midst of severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And this is Paul talking, for I testify that they gave much more than they were able, even beyond their ability. He didn't expect any from them, and they gave more money than he thought was humanly possible. We should be good at it. We always give the excuse, well, I don't really have anything. Well, neither did they. Somehow God just makes incredible things happen if you're a generous person. He helps you be generous. And you should have fun with it. <laughs> it shouldn't be like a begrudging kind of thing. This should be like with a smile on your face and you're just glad to have, be able to participate in what God's doing in somebody's life through you. Each of you should give what you've decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That's, that's, not, how, that's not generosity. Reluctance and compulsion is, are not factors factored into generosity. God loves a cheerful giver. That word, you know, in the Greek can be translated hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is great. I I loved it. The last thing that we had um, for the own the vision was you know somebody we had these things before where people wanted to match, but this time it was like somebody says, "Well, I want to match the match." Well, I want to match the match the match, and it just that you just have fun with that kind of stuff. You just have fun participating, and again, it's not you; it's God. You have fun participating in what God is doing. That's generosity. It's just the joy of participating in what God's already doing. For God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things that have at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Just leave it up to him. Let him help you be generous and just join his generosity. Because I'll tell you, generosity is multiplied. This is where the math doesn't work. This is where it says, well, you know, I don't really have anything to give. So, and that was really the whole, that person that, that was kind of offended, that was his, pretty much his whole take. I, I can't give every week. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't tell you to. <laughs> God doesn't tell you to. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you shall give every week. It is not there. So if anybody comes up and preaches to you and says that, it's not there. We talked about the last one. Give what's in your heart to give. But when you do give, this is God's math, okay? You need to understand God's math. Because if you do your math, you'll never have enough to be generous with. 
If you do God's math, and things just happen in, in miraculous ways. Give, and it will be given to you. Okay, so I, I give to my brother freely, and then God gives me in response to what I gave him. And this, this, is, how, this is how God gives. I might have given, well, we'll say that I gave him a car, okay? He's over here saying that, that'd be nice. But <laughs> this is how God gives. They will be poured into your lap, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We'll say times 100, okay? Just, just translate that into times 100. And by the way, it's not, again, we like to think about money. Well, if it's $5, he'll give back, I'll get 500 for, no, think of blessing. Read Matthew 5 and see what things God gives. God doesn't give cash so much as he gives you the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's what God gives. People say, well, I didn't get cash in my mailbox. Well, that's not what life's about. I got the kingdom of heaven in my mailbox. I'm, I'm happy. Pressed down, shaken together, running over for the standard of measure you use, it will be measured to you, but not the way you measured it. You, I always say it this way. If you use a shovel and shovel to somebody, God uses his shovel, and his shovel is like gigantic and shovels it on you. That's, that's God's math and how God works. He uses the measure that you use. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. This is, what, this is, this is the, the law of the harvest. Whatever you give, God gives to you. If you don't give much of anything, then God doesn't give much to you. <laughs> That's how God works. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. God doesn't say, test me in this in very many things. <laughs> in fact, Jesus himself said, testing God is not a good thing to do. But in this particular thing, God said, test me. And it's in giving. Now, this is in the context of tithes, but I don't want you to just keep it in the context of tithes. It's really about just being generous in general. But in this case, it was specifically about tithes because not only were they not being generous, they weren't even doing their obligation. As, as, as God said it, you're robbing from me. <laughs> right? God didn't say, you know, you're not being very generous. <laughs> God said, you're robbing me because you actually are obligated because there is a law that says that you have to give 10% and you're not doing it. But he doesn't say it that way. They're complaining. To give you a little context, they're complaining that life isn't as good as they think it ought to be. Okay? That's what they're complaining to God about. A lot of different things. They're not happy because... Their life isn't what God, what they think God should be giving. And God is saying in a lot of different things, well, your life's not very good because you're not honoring me at all. <laughs> and this is, this is Malachi. They didn't take this lesson and go and do it, okay? Which that might be some of you. They might, you might hear what he said and say, Mark, Mark didn't know what he was talking about. I'm not going to listen. That's kind of what guys like. They're like, God's like, well, things are bad for you because you don't honor me in anything. Things are bad for you because you make really bad choices in your life. That's why things are bad for you. If you had changed what you're doing, if you would bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, this, again, this isn't really even talking about generosity. This is just if you just meet your obligations. 
so that there is food in my house, not because God is hungry, but because people's needs aren't being met because they're keeping everything to themselves. Test me now in this. Just try it, please. <laughs> it's like God's just begging, just try it. <laughs> just try it and l- let me show you what I'll do. Says the Lord of hope, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. I want you just to just inter- internalize that for a second. This isn't I gave 20 bucks and God gave me 100. This is I will open the floodgates of heaven. <laughs> If you, were just an, if you would just get this concept that if I would just be a generous person and just watch God open the floodgates of heaven, does that mean you become a very rich person? Not necessarily. It means you become a very blessed person. We talked in the Christmas thing where Mary said, you know, people will call me blessed. And we do call Mary blessed because of her participation in the birth of Jesus. Was Mary rich? No. But she was blessed. Don't think money, God gives me money. Think generosity and God blesses my life. I want to I wanna just read real quick. I, I had not heard that first song that we sang today. That was new to me. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. <laughs> I pray that you do. And I guarantee you that open the floodgates of heaven is that concept of I see your goodness all over my life. Test God. Please. <laughs> Please test God because you'll be amazed at what he does. So under that give, receive, get, just, just, just kind of put it all back together for you. God is the source of all of this, none of us. It's not about us, it's about him. Let your generosity always point others to God, not to you. It is to his glory. And have fun with it, get good at it. And the generosity you'll find out is multiplied if you only test him in it. God is good. God is great. Unfortunately, so many times we get in our heads and we don't believe it. When people tell me, you know, Mark, I can't afford to give, it saddens me. It doesn't sadden me that they don't have enough to give. It saddens me that they don't know God (laughs) very well. I've never had somebody say, you know, Mark, I just don't have, I I just can't afford to have God open the floodgates of heaven for me. (laughs) (laughs) Never had somebody say that yet. Because, you know, like I said, we don't preach this sermon so you'll give more money so like we can pay off this church building. (laughs) Because I will tell you that, you know how many times, I've been an elder now for, I get probably close to about five years now. We just don't really have a problem paying the mortgage payment on this building because we have generous people. But I can tell you, we know a lot of people in my five years that didn't have enough to pay their own. There's needs in this church. 
It's not so much about paying Bruce. We can afford to pay Bruce because we got generous people. We can pay, and, and in reality, we can afford to help others if people would just be open. And we have never came up with a time that we had a need and said, sorry, can't help you. <laughs> Some were harder than others <laughs> and took a lot more generous people than others. But the, one, the, the thing I love about the church, and we see it in, in the first church, it said, you know, they sold their houses and they laid the money at the elders' feet. It wasn't to pay for church buildings. <laughs> it wasn't to pay the pastor. They did that so that whenever somebody came to the elders and said they needed something, the elders could say, God's got you. <laughs> not so the people that laid the money got some credit, not so the elders got some credit, so that needs got met and God was glorified. That's what it's about when you give to God. It's not about paying for stuff. It's about joining in the work that he's doing already. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you so much for your generosity. Lord, we know that generosity comes from you. But Lord, I pray that as people that fully, clearly understand your generosity and understand what that means, that you gave your son, your only begotten son, Lord, to meet the absolute greatest need that we have. And every single day of our lives, you remain faithful and giving us good things. Lord, I pray in that knowledge, in that reality, in that just knowing how much you've loved us, Lord, I pray that wells up in generosity within us. And Lord, I pray that as we are generous people, that we are not taking credit. Lord, we are not looking for the next pat on the back. But Lord, that we are pointing people to the source of that generosity, which is you. In all things good, it has come from you. Lord, I pray that this not isn't a message that goes in one ear and out the other. Lord, I pray that people don't just keep doing the math in their life. Lord, I pray that people have a relationship with you. And that changes them in a positive, giving way. Lord, we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.